going on everybody welcome into the fortress of comicude podcast my name is tyler and i'm mary we're here to do a creator focused episode it's a somewhat monthly show that we do where we randomly pick a comic creator's name and we talk about him for a good little while yep and uh, at the end of this episode we will randomly pull another comic creator's name out of the bucket of names that we have and that'll be the topic of next month's creator focused episode but this month we are talking about who mary jeff lemire jeff lemire writer Artist, creator. Cartoonist. Cartoonist, yeah. He, a jack of all trades, this Jeff Lemire. Before we get into Jeff Lemire, um, something really cool happened today. <laughs> Mary's laughing. I am. Uh, we did something really cool today, Mary. What did we do? I think we saw Jim Lee. Not only we saw, we met Jim Lee. <laughs> we today. met Jim Lee. Uh, we met Jim very Lee today. Quick. Yeah, yeah, very briefly, but I mean, uh, so nice. Uh, shout out to Dr. Volt's Comics um, in Salt Lake City, Utah, which is the store that he was signing at today. They were awesome enough to bring him out. Yes. Uh, huge, huge line, huge turnout for Jim Lee, as you would imagine it would be. And uh, it was great. We got to meet him, get a couple of things signed. Uh if anybody wants to see us being starstruck in front of Jim Lee, he posted a video of us on his Instagram page, and we got to shout out the podcast, which was really kind of cool. Yes, and uh, tell him a little bit about what we do, and that was that was kind of fun. And and he was a nice guy; he was a very very nice guy. So yeah, so yeah, that was kind of cool. Is it it's always cool to get to meet uh, one of the the big heroes in in comics. You know, what I mean, he's one of the. I, I think he's. We met for, an image founder. That's right, an image founder. <laughs> For me, he's up on that, you know, that top tier of like your heroes in comics. You know, it's just it's Jim Lee, man. What else is there to say? He's he's as good as it gets. So that was really quite cool. So if you never listen to one of these creator focus episodes, basically what we do is the first portion of it is Mary's going to give you kind of a history one on one on the creator, some of the things they've done, some of the awards that they've kind of done, mm-hmm. not done that they've got that received. They've got. <laughs> yeah. um, and then when we do, we each had to pick something of their work to read. And then so we're this back half of this episode, we're both going to kind of talk about what we read and, you know, just how we think, uh, obviously focusing more on what, in this case, what Jeff Lemire did in, in said book. Right. And then so we'll do that. And then at the end, we'll pick out the, uh, the next comic creator and we'll do it all over again. But. So, Mary, teach yes. the good listeners at home. Oh, and shout out to anybody. I know uh, that uh, going back just real quick to that video uh, of Jim Lee that he posted of us. I know a couple of people have already found our page and our podcast and stuff from that video. So, if you are, if this is the first episode you're listening to from finding us from that video, I would love to know that and tag us. And thank you very much. So. And thank you, Jim Lee, if I doubt you would ever hear this, but thank you very much, kind sir, for letting us get our name out there. But Mary, why don't you teach us all a little bit about Jeff Lemire, because I'm actually pretty excited and intrigued because of the past comic creators we've done on this show. Usually they're ones that I know pretty well, and I like Jeff Lemire a lot, but he's not a comic creator that I know much about. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this is going to be new to me. So I am excited to hear 
what you have to teach us. All right. So he is Canadian born from Ontario. He's from, oh, I believe Canada. it's from, I think he's from Essex County. I think okay. that's what I got. Yeah. Essex County, Ontario, Canada. He was born March 21st, 1976. Okay. He is a cartoonist, writer, penciler. He does it all. Yeah, he does a lot. He succeeds uh, at all of them. Yeah. So I have notable works. Yep. Notable works are Essex County Trilogy, uh, The Nobody, Sweet Tooth, Animal Man, Green Arrow, Black Hammer, and Gideon Falls. Those there's, are his notable works. There's a lot more than that. But. There is a lot more than that. All right. So moving on to awards. He has a, and I'm going to totally screw this up. It's a Zeric Award. X-E-R-I-C award in 2005. That was mm-hmm. for Lost Dogs. Um, he's also got a Yalsa Alex award, which is a young adult library something award. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot what it stands for. That was for Essex County. It was for volume one of that. Okay. He also has a Joe Schuster award uh, in 2008. That was for Outstanding Cartoonist. Uh, Doug Wright Award in 2008 for Best Emerging Talent. He has two more Joe Schuster Awards, 2009 and 2013, for Outstanding Canadian Cartoonist. That was for Sweet Tooth and for Underwater Welder. Okay. Um, So I think 2009 was Sweet Tooth and 2013 Underwater Welder. I don't know. He also has an Eisner Award in 2017 for Black Hammer. And he's also been nominated for, uh, when I was looking it up, it kind of varied. It was... He's been nominated for six to eight Eisner Awards and also five to seven Harvey Awards and six to eight Schuster Awards. Oh, geez. So he's been nominated a lot. Mm-hmm. He attended film school okay. first, uh, and then he decided to pursue comics when he realized that filmmaking did not suit his solitary personality. <laughs> Which is a nice way of saying he doesn't like to work with other people very well. Yeah. He, he <laughs> likes to work alone. Yeah. So... Which is fine. People like to do their own thing, obviously. I mean, some people, they just have like their vision and they don't want it to be tampered with and they want to be able to do things the way they want to do it. And when you work in film or you work in TV, you get stuck into a big room of writers and everybody has to come up with ideas together and kind of bounce things off one another. And some people really prefer that way. But yeah, you know. He likes to, he obviously has it all worked out in his head. He wants to just do it the way he wants to do it. I have some characters created by. All righty. I have Jack Palmer, which is Adam's dad. Ray Palmer. It's Ray Palmer's dad. And then I have Shepard from Animal Man. Uh, Black Orchid. Uh, that's Garcia from Justice League Dark. Great we- character. Yeah. You mm-hmm. like that character. I, I know love you that do. character. Yep. I'll be talking about that character shortly. Okay. <laughs> we also have Agent Hoyt from Valiant. Uh, Magic from Valiant. That is, I guess, that's Bloodshot's girlfriend and the mom of Jesse. He's done a lot of stuff with Bloodshot for Valiant, I know. Yeah. That. And then he also created Tama. I I don't know if that's how you say it. I don't read Valiant very much. Uh, I, I have some I things. Have. Yeah, you've read so. more than I have. And Tama, if you don't know, that is Valiant's new geomancer. And she's a young girl and she holds the book of geomancers in her hands. Okay. She's the new one. All right. So then we can go into some history. I started the 2000s. So he self-published the Zarek award-winning comic book Lost Dogs in 2005, and that was in his Ashtray Press imprint, if you didn't know his imprint. Lost Dogs is it's a mythic yarn that follows a family man who's larger than life, but even he may not be powerful enough to prevent 
the loss of everything he's ever known. That is like the quick get you hooked for the book. In 2006, his work was included in um, this international symposium. And like this had like a bunch of work from like artists and scholars, curators, publishers, librarians, critics, writers. Um, So his work was included in that. Um, And then he was also part of an exhibit. It was called comic craze and this was a it was a showcase for canadian comics um and narrative fiction 2008 to 2009 he writes and illustrates essex county trilogy it is named so essex county trilogy is named like one of the five essential canadian novels of the decade so it was a pretty pretty high thing Lots of people liked it. Okay. This is a collection of three short stories set in Essex County, Ontario. First one is Tales from the Farm. Second one, uh, Ghost Stories. And then the final one, The Country Nurse. And then there's two, like, extra stories after these. And those are, like, The Essex County Boxing Club and The Sad and Lonely Life of Eddie Elephant's Ears. Uh. <laughs> I don't I don't know. So in 2015, apparently First Generation Films, they wanted the rights for Essex County to make mm-hmm. it into a television series. Um, where that went, I don't know. But it, they wanted it. They wanted to make something. So I don't know if they have. <laughs> I didn't I didn't see anything more about that. So then 2009, he goes to DC Comics um, and under the Vertigo imprint, he publishes The Nobody, which is a tale of identity, fear, and paranoia in a small community. Mm-hmm. That's all I have for that. Then he also wrote and illustrated uh, Sweet Tooth that ran from 2009 to 2013. Um, and this is about Gus, and he's a young boy with, with deer features. He lives a quiet life deep in the woods with his father. He learns many things from medical care to religious prophecy though he loves his religious father he yearns to escape and he learns that there is not fire past the trees but simply more land so i'm going to assume that his father probably told him don't go past these trees or else you'll die Mm -hmm. and then he sees that he won't die so 2010s he signed a a contract with DC in December 2010, and then he wrote the one-shot Brightest Day, Adam. Then he also relaunched the Superboy series featuring Connor Kent. I love Connor Kent. Then, I didn't know this. I, I don't think that... I think I have this, but I haven't I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Maybe I lost it. But he also wrote Frankenstein and the Creatures of the Unknown miniseries for Flashpoint. Oh, I'm sure you have those. I think you I think bought I you bought everything with the Flashpoint logo on it. So I think the only thing I didn't get was like the Jiminy Cricket one. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only one that I didn't get. Um, New Fifty Two. He wrote Animal Man and Frankenstein: Agents of Shade. I heard Animal Man was good. I didn't read it though. Animal Man had big shoes to fill because the original Grant Morrison run on Animal Man is very highly acclaimed. And mm-hmm. so when DC relaunched with the new Animal Animal Man as part of the new 52, the bar was very, very high. And uh, I, too, have not read it. But um, from what it sounds like is it was at least respect, respectable. Like, it was very good. 
Okay. So then, as he was going to be leaving uh, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, he took over writing duties on Justice League Dark with issue number nine. With Mikhail Yanin on art. And it's so good. Mm -hmm. Then he also worked on uh, Underwater Welder. As an underwater welder of an oil rig off the coast of Nova Scotia, Jack Joseph is used to the immense pressure of deep sea work, but not the pressures of impending fatherhood. While Jack dives deeper and deeper, he seems to pull further and further away from his young wife and their unborn son. Then one night, deep in the icy solitude of the ocean floor, Jack has a mysterious and supernatural encounter that will change the course of his life forever. Dun, dun, dun. Which I thought that sounded interesting and I kind of, <laughs> and I kind of want to read it. So <laughs> so he wrote Animal Man until 2012. So he started in 2010 and then worked until 2012. That uh, would have been 2011 because it launched in 2011. Yeah. Okay, so 2011. Oh yeah, you're right. Um, I know Scott it. Snyder uh, co-wrote some of those issues too. Yes. So, so he wrote Animal Man until 2012, including teaming up with Swamp Thing, writer Scott Snyder. And that Animal Man series uh, ran for 37 issues, according okay. to Comixology. So. Okay. So the um, team-up crossovers were between the two books, and they were called Rot World. So between Animal Man and with Scott Snyder's Swamp Thing, um, they wrote Rot, Rot World. I can't, can't talk. <laughs> In February 2013, Lemire replaced the writer on Green Arrow, and he started writing Green Arrow. This is where I first heard of Jeff Lemire from, this, when he took over on Green Arrow. This is widely praised by critics and fans. with In the nicest way possible, obviously, and you know, with all due respect to all creators out there and everything, the Green Arrow book in the New 52 was mm-hmm. so bad um, at one point. It was... The, the problem was is that they had hired people from the Arrow TV show to work on the book. Did they? They did. And, oh, no. And the book just... T- and because the show was doing so well, they were like, well, Stephen Amell doesn't have any facial hair, so we're going to get rid of Green Arrow's facial hair, and we're going to do... And they were really trying to make it so much like the show, and then they brought people from the show to work on the book, and the book just tanked. And... Um, to the point where there was like rumors of cancellation on a Green Arrow book, and mm. Jeff Lemire really came in there and saved that thing, and he wrote it for a good little bit, and then um, Benjamin Percy came in after him and wrote a really good run that lasted through the end of New Fifty Two into DC Rebirth. So Jeff Lemire really saved that Green Arrow book because it was heading nowhere fast, and people were very very upset. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time I had ever heard the name Jeff Lemire was on that Green Arrow book. Oh, really? Yep. That was my introduction to him. First time I have heard of Jeff Lemire was Gideon Falls. Jeez, Mary, get with the times. I am terrible with names and you know it. You had read Jeff Lemire before. You just didn't know. You just don't pay attention to names because you, you read Justice League Dark. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um. Okay, then I... That's, you actually got me to read Justice League Dark, so... <laughs> yes, because it was good. It is. It is good. Um, okay, but I didn't recognize his name until Gideon Falls mm-hmm. then. <laughs> you just don't pay attention to names as I much don't. as I'm, a lot of people I'm terrible. Do, so. um, I'm really good at remembering faces, mm-hmm. but not names. All right, so Lemire drew a Rip Hunter story 
for Time Warp number one in May 2013. That was published by Vertigo. 2014, uh, Lemire joined a team of writers composed of a lot of people like Brian Azzarillo, Keith Giffen, mm-hmm. and Dan Jurgens to co-write the New 52 Future's End, which was a weekly series set five years into the New 52's future. Which is by far the worst event from the New 52. Is it? It's pretty bad. I don't. I don't know anything about it. Um, it's it's pretty universally hated. Was it just is it is it not good because people just didn't like the new fifty two, or is no. it not good because it just wasn't good? There's some new fifty two events that people are pretty fond of. Like Trinity War was very fifty fifty, but a lot of people like Forever Evil. I like Forever Evil. I like Forever Evil is pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, Future's End is is not good. Nobody <laughs> likes it. Okay. Well, maybe somebody likes it. Maybe. Well, I'm not saying nobody <laughs> likes it. Somebody out there likes it. It's sold very well. But for we'll the most part, people won't like it. Yeah. Unfortunately not. I don't remember writing this. Lemire wrote Teen Titans Earth One. Both volumes. I did not know that. I, have I wrote it down, yep. but I didn't I have it written twice. I bought both of, I bought you both of those books. And you never read them, I don't think. I'm terrible at reading things. But I, I bought those books for you at uh, Mile High Comics in Denver, Colorado when yes, I was there. Yes, I remember you buying the nice them. nice hardcovers and they are sitting <laughs> on the shelf behind you. I know. Waiting to be read. I, they're on my list. I'll get to them eventually. They're fun. I read them both. They are good. I'll get to them eventually. <laughs> they're the most out there of the Earth One books. Like... Like Superman Earth One from J. Michael Straczynski, like is a different take on Superman, but it's still Superman. Like Jeff Johns's Batman Earth One changes a few things, but for the most part, it's Batman. It's just kind of in a different way. Like the Jeff Lemire with the Teen Titans Earth One books, he really like strays off the normal path. Like he he went into it. He leans into the whole thing of like I can do this however I want, and really like so like it's basically. The characters, you know, but none of them are what you remember. Really? Yeah, none of them are the version. How they get their powers is all different. Even some of the way they use their powers, really. But it's really cool. Like, and some of the stuff he does, like the version of Raven in that book, is she's like a Navajo. She's like a Native American and stuff. Like, they they do some really really cool stuff with it. Okay, all right. I have a little bit of Marvel. 2014, uh, Marvel announced that he was going to be working on all new Hawkeye. For his first Marvel Comics title. <laughs> this series ran for five issues. And then it got. And then they got relaunched into all new, all different Marvel. One of the Marvel relaunches. Yes. They do that from time to time. <laughs> then in April 2015, he signed a contract with Marvel. An exclusive contract with Marvel. Uh, he was announced for three titles in the all new, all different Marvel. Which was. All new Hawkeye, Extraordinary X Men, and Old Man Logan. And he wrote a lot of Old Man Logan. Like he wrote that book for a long time. Then, uh, a few months later, it was announced that he would relaunch Moon Knight. Some people claim that's the best thing he's done is his run on Moon Knight. Really? Yeah. Oh, people really like his run on Moon Knight. Okay. All right, Valiant. Let's talk about some Valiant. Okay. Oh, he bit. also just finished a. Uh, I think it was like a six issue miniseries for the Century for Marvel. So mm-hmm. that's worth noting, too, because I like just it's either still going or just ended. And that was received very well by a lot of people. The reviews were very good. All right. So 2014, he launched 
The Valiant, a four-issue limited series featuring characters from all over the Valiant line. Uh, This was co-written with Matt, I don't know how to say that last name, K-I-N-D-T, Kint? Kint? Yeah, that's what I was doing. Sure. Lemire began writing the ongoing series Bloodshot Reborn. This features Bloodshot that Lemire, I guess, helped form a lot of what we know about Bloodshot now, mm-hmm. I guess. That's what I've heard. Is it he he basically reshaped Bloodshot to the version. He kind of like re what's re, I don't want to say revived him, but like rejuvenated him, that character. Yeah, so he made him more emotionally driven. Breathed new life into him. Um rather than him just being like this action hero. He he, he has emotion hero. in it. Okay, so then let's talk about Descender, which you were going to read, but you didn't get around to it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I still definitely will read it, but... <laughs> Eventually. We own it. We got it. I bought it for you. We bought the first volume. I bought it for myself. You can yeah, read it, though. That's true. Image comics. I will allow you to read it. <laughs> right? Image, right? Image. Okay. Yes. So I thought we were talking about Valiant, but... Yes. Um, so this is a creator-owned sci-fi series, um, art by Dustin Nguyen. You have read this. I have read this. Okay. So you I read the first volume. You can speak intelligently about this. I can. Um, so this is an ongoing series because it's still coming out. Um, follows a robot named Tin Twenty One through his adventures in space. Oh, so I guess Descender is Lemire's first creator-owned ongoing series that is not illustrated by himself. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. Descender is about Tim Twenty One, and he has basically woken up, and you learn that there are these robots that basically wanted to kill the humans in the universe. Okay. Um, it's in the future? It's in the future. Right. Yeah. I like why robots. why nobody knows. They still aren't they're not entirely sure. They have an idea but they're not entirely sure. So it ended up being that all the robots that they had in the future, they turned them all off. And if any of them are on, then it's there's like bounty hunters out there mm-hmm. to like get these robots to to turn them off, to make sure that they're not on, because all the robots were, like, revolting. Flipping through the artwork, I was getting a very Astro Boy feel. <laughs> mm, not really. No? Okay. I mean, I guess you. I can see, because you have Tim 21, and he's, like, a... He's little a little boy, boy robot, yeah. so I can see that, but it's not really... Uh, it's not really like that. Oh, so Sony Pictures acquired the movie rights to Descender. Oh, God. In 2015. <laughs> So it's 2019. I don't know if anything more has been done. I mean, Let's it takes not. a while to make movies, I guess. I don't know. I don't trust Sony to do anything. <laughs> They're hit and miss. Ugh. Sometimes they can do good and sometimes they don't. For every Into the Spider-Verse, there's a Venom. <laughs> so, <laughs> Or a Spider-Man 3. Yo. <laughs> um, or Ghostbusters 2016. <laughs> I haven't seen that. <laughs> you haven't seen it either. Huh. I watched part of it. You watched part of it? It was on Netflix. I decided to see how far I could get okay. before I was it's like- Is it Netflix? It's, it was for a time. I don't oh. think it still is, but okay. I wanted to see how far I could get before I was like, huh, nope. All right. So let's talk about uh, Black Hammer and Plutona. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you say that. If I say things wrong, I, I'm i just terrible at pronouncing things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, 2014, Dark Horse Comics announced a new creator-owned superhero series written by Lemire with art from Dean Ormston. 
Um, it was going to release in 2015, but then it had to be delayed indefinitely due to um, Orm had a cerebral cere- cerebral hemorrhage. Oh, really? Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, so. So, but in 2016, it was announced that the series would be launching in July of that same year. So February, they announced it would be starting in July. So it did start. It won an Eisner Award for Best New Series in 2017. Plutona is a five-issue limited series from Image Comics, co-written with artist Lemmy Lennox. Oh, sorry. Emmy Lennox. Got L's all over the place. Um, That was released in September 2015, and that's also critically acclaimed. Uh, So Plutona is a series... It follows a group of kids who find the body of a dead superhero in the woods. All right, let's talk about Roughneck and After Death, or AD After Death. Hmm. <laughs> uh, 2013, Simon & Schuster acquired World rights to Lemire's newest graphic novel, Roughneck. This follows a former hockey player's slide into depression as interpreted by the arrival of his sister. After Death is a graphic novel written by Scott Snyder and illustrated by Lemire. So he did not write this. This is set in the future where a genetic cure for death has been found. Years after the discovery, one man starts to question everything, leading him on a mind-bending journey that will bring him face-to-face with his past and his own morality. Yeah, I'm looking at, I'm looking at it. Right? I, I hadn't heard of this, so oh. when you said... Snyder and Jeff Lemire. I was like, really? Yeah, it was at Dr. Volt's today. I saw it. Okay. Um, yeah, it's an image book. Uh, was it a straight-to-graphic novel? I believe so, yes. Because I'm not seeing like any like uh, single issues. There's just like three volumes yes, of it. Yes, it's straight-to-graphic novel. So, yeah, it's just an original graphic novel. But they're short, though. They're only like 70 pages. Mm-hmm. But they're all really cheap on Comixology. You can get them for like five bucks a piece. Mm-hmm. So... I am going to have to check this out because I was actually not aware of this. Mm-hmm. I, I like Jeff Lemire's uh, art style. It's very stylized. It's very different. Yeah, he definitely likes the uh, uh, cartoony style, but it's also very, like dark. It's very watercolory. Too. Yeah. Like, I don't know if like, I don't know if that's what he uses, but that it has that it has like that feel to it. Mm-hmm. It feels like watercolors. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into this series because All right. I'm intrigued. So let's talk about Secret Path. Okay. Secret Path, if you don't know about it, um, if you don't want to read it, you could also watch it with the soundtrack. Dun, dun, dun. Um, check oh, out- Oh, this is the one you were telling me about, right? Uh-huh. Okay. The, I, I did- It was one of my picks one of the previous weeks. That's so right. So I did previously talk about it. But yeah, if you don't- want to read it if you just want to watch it with the it was Gord Gord Downey he did the music for it and then he um, talked to Lemire and Lemire they they wrote the book together um, Lemire did the art for it um, so if you don't again if you don't want to read it you want to watch it check out CBC Arts on YouTube okay Google it we'll, we'll maybe see if we can post a link or something yeah, I can put it in the description. With the, yeah, with the description of the podcast, so you guys can go check that out. Yeah, I can do that. Um, and then it's like it's like two hours long, I think. I don't remember. Okay. But not the whole thing is the uh, is the book. Oh. It, it does it does like an intro, and then it goes into the book, and then they do have like interviews after. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know what Secret Path is about, 
It is about, it's a true story about um, Cheney Winjack or Charlie Winjack. Mm-hmm. And he uh, was a 12-year-old boy who died running away from the Cecilia Jeffrey Indian Residential School 50 years ago. Uh, he was walking on the railroad tracks trying to escape from the school. Um, he was trying to return back to his home that was, it was 400 miles away, apparently. It's really sad. I, I recommend People you were touched by this. it. I remember yeah. that. You said it was lots of feels. Lots of feels. Lots of feels. Especially when when children are involved. Yeah. Lots of feels. Um, okay. So then I also have, last thing that I have is Royal City. Okay. This is March 2017. He released, uh, Lemire released a ongoing series. This is through Image Comics. He is the sole writer and illustrator. This was on a lot of people's um, best of 2018 books. Oh, okay. Including people like Jason Inman, who's you know pretty respected comic reviewer and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this was his favorite book of 2018. Okay, so if you don't, if you're not sure what it's about, I have a description, like I did with all the other ones. I don't know why I'm saying this. Uh, the series follows the Pike family who lives in Royal City, where the ghost of a young Tommy Pike is quite literally haunting them all still, haunting them all still and holding them all back. So they're being haunted by somebody, this family mm-hmm. in Royal City. And that's all I have about Jeff Lemire. All righty. He is a very busy guy. He he pumps books out like crazy. Yeah. Um, he's always working. He's usually working on multiple books at one time. Yeah, it seems like every time I turn around, he's either got a new book out or he's just taking over some series. And like I say, he did a good little stint at DC for a little while. Now he's kind of over at Marvel while still doing a good little bit of indie stuff on the side. So um, busy guy. He's pumping out a lot of stuff, which is good. Those are those are the creators that are fun to follow because you're just like, man, they're so um, like creative that they just have all these ideas that they just constantly want to be putting out more and more and more things so like Mm -hmm. those are the kind of people that i like to kind of follow around on what they're doing there's a lot of people that just say are really really big fans of jeff lemire i've loved everything i've read of his and i say i'm just i'm still fairly new to his work so there's a lot more that i have not read of his and stuff that i have but i have really enjoyed everything and there's people that just love every single thing that he does so um, he's one of those guys that's just kind of like in the zone right now. He can do no wrong. He's he's knocking everything out of the park and he's getting more recognition every year, it seems like. I've enjoyed um, everything that I've read so far of Jeff Lemire. I do know that there are some people that are like, he's kind of hit and miss with them. Mm-hmm. And I guess that just all I depends mean, on yeah. your style. You're always going to have that, you know. Yeah. There's, you know, doesn't matter who, doesn't matter who it is. There's always going to be people that don't, you know. There's people that don't like Jeff Johns. There's people that don't like Mark Wade. True. You know, um, Grant Morrison's probably my favorite comic book writer of all time. He's very polarizing to some people. Mm-hmm. It, it just depends. So, which is fine. You know, if no one hates you, you're not doing it right. True. So, um, <laughs> do you want me to go first? Yeah, you can go first. Okay, I kind so, of basically already talked about what I have read. So, um, well, you're still <laughs> going to talk about Gideon Falls, right? Because you didn't really touch on Gideon. Oh Falls yeah, I didn't much. even talk about Gideon Falls. Yeah. So. Um, which is a book from very, very recent. So I'll let you talk about that in a minute. Um, I read uh, an arc from Justice League Dark. So when Justice League Dark launched the New 52, Peter Milligan did the first arc, which is really good. It is really good. Um, and I don't know why he left the book or whatever happened, but after the first arc, they brought Jeff Lemire in to take over, and he basically finished out the series. And I think 
Justice League Dark ran for like 40 some odd issues. I mean, I he did so. the he did the bulk of it. The second arc of Justice League Dark is called The Books of Magic. And that's my favorite uh, arc of the whole series. Mm-hmm. So when the New 52 launched, they really wanted, DC really wanted to do this thing where they were going to be like, we're going to have everything like in one continuity, which was kind of like the whole thing of like that they had they did this big double splash page in the last issue of Flashpoint when he's running through the time stream and then there's like the main DC universe and there's like the what would become the new 52 universe and then on the one side they had like the Vertigo stuff where like all the Vertigo stuff used to be on its own thing like Sandman and Constantine mm-hmm. and like Swamp Thing would kind of sometimes be in DC continuity but for the most part that was a Vertigo book uh, another Vertigo book was another Neil Gaiman book called The Books of Magic, which um, is about uh, a young boy named Tim Hunter. Uh, if you ever really want to see some interesting stuff, dig into that because there's a lot of conspiracy theory that uh, J.K. Rowling stole a lot of stuff from Neil Gaiman because Books of Magic came out a couple years before Harry Potter did. And it's there's a lot of similar similarities between Books of Magic and Harry Potter. Like they even look the same. Like Tim Hunter is like a like a young kid with glasses and the black hair. The whole works, but so that was all in the main DC canon now after Flashpoint. So Justice League Dark did this cool story arc called the Books of Magic, where they used Tim Hunter, Neil Gaiman's character, and they use the Books of Magic are basically like these like all powerful things that they're almost like a myth. Like Constantine talked about wanting to find them his whole life, but he wasn't even really sure if he knew they existed. And so they kind of go on this quest to get them. And Felix Faust is kind of the villain of this arc. And they do some cool stuff. But half of it's in the present. And there's other parts of it that are in the past that kind of show. Because in the New 52, now that they had Constantine in the main continuity with everybody else. Instead of being off on his own thing, they really wanted to pair him with Zatanna. And they kind of built a romance between them. And so they show how they met and kind of how their romance was formed. Which is a really good story in its own right. And they have this other character named Nick Necro that he's, you know, turns into kind of a villainous character as well. But it's just really fun. Like, I've never, like, magic has always been a tough sell for me. So when it's done in a way that I really like, I really appreciate it. Like, Justice League Dark was one of those ones that just really hit it in a sweet spot for me. To have, like, a supernatural Justice League team I thought was really, really well done. I love, Constantine's always been a character I really like. Satana's fun. Black Orchid, as you mentioned earlier, is a really fun character. Um, like you got like Dead Man and stuff is on the team. He's a lot of fun. And then you had a couple that kind of rotated in and out. Madam Xanadu and stuff was a lot of fun. But uh, just the way that the that Jeff Lemire was able to, like you can tell that he was a big Neil Gaiman fan because there's some stuff in there. Like you could tell he's been waiting his whole life to like play with some of this stuff. And just the way that he was able to incorporate some of the Neil Gaiman stuff into the main DC continuity without making it feel forced. Um, it's really, really good. And there's kind of a twist at the end of the story that I won't ruin, but it's very, very good. Uh, Mikhail Yanin from Batman fame that he's done a lot of uh, Tom King's Batman. Uh, he does the art in this and it's really, really good. And, so, and Jeff Lemire just nails it. That this is probably my favorite thing of his that I've read up to this point. But like I said, I haven't read a lot of his stuff and I haven't read a lot of his 
independent stuff, which seems to be the stuff that people like the most next to his Moon Knight run, which is Moon Knight run I've read like the first volume of. And it is really good. So, um, but out of the stuff that I've read, this is probably my favorite thing he's done. So, um, if if you're going by the trades, like the count, this is volume two, but it's Justice League Dark, the Books of Magic. Highly recommend it. You really don't need to read the first arc to read this one if you didn't want to. But I mean, the first arc of Justice League Dark just kind of shows how the team comes together. Obviously, it's like that whole thing, like everything's going wrong. We have to work together. And then at the end, they're like, why not be a team kind of a thing? So that's basically the first arc of Justice League Dark, which Jeff Lemire didn't write. If you want to read it, it's a great story, too. Peter Milligan does a good job. But I I wouldn't say that you need this, need that to read this, as long as you kind of know, like, I know who Zatanna is. I know who Constantine is. Like, I know who Deadman is. I can I can I can piece this together by Mm -hmm. myself. Black Orchid's a new character. They introduce her in this, and, and she's just fine. They don't You don't need a lot on her. So, yeah, just to see Dark Books of Magic, a lot of fun. Especially right. if you're a Neil Gaiman fan, too, and you're a fan of the original Books of Magic series, I think you'll enjoy this as well. So, tell us about Gideon Falls, Mary. All right, Gideon Falls. Uh, Gideon Falls, Jeff Lemire was the writer, and then the artist was Andrea Sorrentino. I really like the art. I was going to say, you really like the look of this book. I do. Yeah, it's just, it's very, like like an unfocused kind of artwork mm, it's um, like intentionally blurry yeah. almost like in some in and some i like ways. that it's different some people may not like it it may be too much for them basically gideon falls is we have kind of two two storylines going on at the same time we have this priest that is going to gideon falls something has happened to the previous priest um and then we have this crazy guy in the city and he is like schizophrenic uh he's going to a therapist he used to be in like a uh what do you call it a sanitarium Hmm. uh asylum asylum that's what it is uh a cuckoo house um so he's seeing a therapist now he's he's good enough that they feel like he can be out on his own but he still has to go to see a therapist so this crazy guy he keeps finding and he has like this compulsion also Hmm. to Basically, people think that he's picking up trash, but what he's picking up is like wood and nails and uh, things to things that would make a barn. Mm-hmm. And there's this thing it's called the black barn that he always talks about. He sees it in his dreams. Um, we see in Gideon Falls with the priest. Um, we see the black barn, um, and the black barn. The black barn is like this very ominous, uh, scary barn. That if you see it, basically you're going to disappear or something bad is going to happen to you. Okay. And uh, that that is uh, what it's about without going into too much detail and ruining anything. Okay. Yeah. This that Gideon Falls was one of those books that started in either like the late spring or the early summer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of those ones that like really quickly became a regret for not picking up. Mm-hmm. because i remember when it when it came out and it was like a, it was like it was pretty hyped when it was coming out and for whatever reason i was like oh yeah maybe i'll pick up a trade or something when it comes out blah blah, blah. and then it just seemed like very soon after everybody was like are you reading getting falls is anybody reading getting falls like, every review for it was really good everybody was talking about it the issue ones were gone really quickly but i was like man that's that's one i probably should have hopped on at at the beginning when it started. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that the first trade is out. I haven't got to read it yet, but we do have it and I, I plan on getting to it sooner than later. But 
Yeah, I remember being told about Gideon Falls when the first issue came out. And I was like, oh yeah, that sounds kind of interesting. But it wasn't something... The description wasn't something enough for me to like, okay, I'm going to buy the number one and see mm-hmm. how it goes. Um, remembering about it and being explained again about it, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I picked up the hardcover at the at the nerd store. Yep, which is great. So, And we got the uh, local comic shop day exclusive hardcover yeah. that they did, which is really nice. It's really nice. And it's a limited print run. So it was a little bit more expensive because they only made... Uh, so many of them but it's it's the only hardcover version they did the other the regular trade is obviously just a paperback so it's really cool it's like black and then it has like it's like textured almost textured but it's got like blood running down it and Mm -hmm. it has like a skull at the top and then it like the blood forms like the black barn it it looks really cool it is really it's a very beautiful book and i'm a sucker for a hard a nice hardcover it just just gets my blood flowing yeah yeah (laughs) Love a good hardcover book. So yeah. um, that's basically it on Jeff Lemire. I think um, we're maybe not as experienced with Jeff Lemire as we have been with some of our other writers and artists that we've talked about on this show. So we don't maybe have as much to say, but we can say we both like everything we've seen of him. But we're excited mm-hmm. to see where he goes and catch up on some of the other stuff that he's done. Yep. So Jeff Lemire, keep doing what you're doing. I, I'm glad that uh, you've gotten as much work as you have and you've deserved every little bit of praise that you've got as far as I'm concerned. So keep knocking it out of the park, man. Yep. So, awesome. Um, before we get out of here, we need to pull out the next name of the comic creator who we will be talking about in a month or so from now. So um, if you can hear me, I am pulling out a name from the, the big bucket of Big Bucket O comic creator names. Big Bucket O? Yep. Okay. Yep. I didn't know that's what we were calling it. Um, okay. It's not that big. Oh, I am so freaking excited. Um, so the, <laughs> um, the next comic creator we are talking about, if you listen to our Best of 2018 episode that came out last week, this was my comic creator of the year. We're talking about Kyle Higgins next All right. week. Um, who has done a ton of stuff. Um, did the whole new 52 run on Nightwing, including Nightwing the New Order, the miniseries, which was awesome. Just did a you know 30 issue run on Power Rangers, which ended with Shattered Grid. Kyle Higgins is a boss and doing a new Winter Soldier series for Marvel right now. Awesome writer. Excited to talk about him in a month or so from now. So get jazzed about that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, time flies almost as fast as superman this podcast is about over but before we leave we want to make sure you guys are following us on social media we're fortress of comic tweet podcast everywhere um thank you to anybody that you know joined on us from the kindness of jim lee for posting a video about <laughs> us which was very very nice of him to do yeah um thank you guys so much for listening whether this is your first episode or your 71st episode with us we appreciate you guys so much for downloading and listening to us this week and hearing us ramble and uh mary thank you so much for doing the research and doing so much for these comic creator focus episodes that you do it's It's a lot of fun it is it's so great um yeah thank you guys so much man it's it's a lot it's so glad to be heading into 2019 and you know we got 70 episodes under our belt at this point and we're just full steam ahead we want to do a lot more stuff including next week uh we're going to be back here with our next was it that bad 
And this is going to be probably the worst movie we've ever done on Was It That Bad. Uh, what is it? We're doing Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, yeah. I uh, haven't seen this yep, before. Our first dip into the anime realm, which a movie Mary's never seen. Never. Um, Kenny's going to be on this episode with us. He has never seen the movie as well, and he's a big Dragon Ball fan. I saw this movie opening weekend in the theaters and have not seen it since then, and I think that was 2008, mm-hmm. 2009, so... I haven't seen this movie in a long time, and to be honest, I've blocked a lot of it out of my memory, so it's going to be like watching it for the first time. I don't even... I never watched it. So we're going to get that out of the way in preparation for the new Dragon Ball Super movie that's coming out in theaters in a couple weeks, which we'll also have a review for. Um, If you're not a Dragon Ball fan or not an anime fan, uh, sorry, that's kind of going to be what we cover the next couple weeks. That's a franchise that's very near and dear to me, so... um, But listen, in the meantime, why don't you tweet at us... Yep. <laughs> and tell us what you're looking forward to in 2019. Yep. And even if you don't like Dragon Ball that much, the was it that bad? It's going to be fun because this movie's really bad and yes. we're going to have a good time how about, talking about it. How about everyone who's listening, go watch it with us. There we're going to watch it. You watch it and you can listen to us yeah, talk seriously. about it. <laughs> it's going to be so much freaking fun. Or better yet, listen to us and then watch it <laughs> and see how bad it is for yourself. Cool. So we'll see you next week for that. We'll see you in a month from now to talk about Kyle Higgins. And until then, I am Tyler. And I'm Mary. And so long, guys. Thanks for listening.